0: Welcome to another episode of PropCast, a property podcast that aims to educate, inspire and engage property investors. We are your hosts, Dami Shionbala and Bimbala Osaige. Hey, Bim.
1: Hey, Dummy. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Coolie cool. coolly cool. Starting this year again with some good news.
0: <laughs> oh, tell us. Share the sure? news
1: it's the usual it's becoming the nominal. like i'm not even i don't easily i don't get as excited every time my offer gets accepted but another offer on the table
0: awesome what what are the numbers on this one
1: um it's i think the the overall require, um, investment required is about 100k which should cover the, the deposit stamp duty and all the fees um, and I think, and it's one of those where, so this is not something that I normally would buy. This is a ready to move into property. Like you don't need to, you don't even need to paint everything. is so it's just been recently refurbished. Uh, and then the, the return on this is about 11% if I do it as a HMO and about okay. up to 16% if I do it as a top class essay so yeah numbers are good and this is the south guys so this is not in the north this is the south where the average in the south is about six percent and if you're doing really well you get eight percent so this is like almost double the rate for the south so i'm excited about the numbers um yeah and the property is so beautiful as well like i was just thinking gosh this is such a beautiful property excellent excellent came back accepted and getting the getting it done, getting it going. And this is also going to be another joint venture. So yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I'm excited about it. That's a good start to the year. Okay. However, however, I must say, uh, I'm definitely looking to do bigger deals this year. So this is probably going to be the cheapest property. I'm going to buy this year. I'm going up. I'm doubling, tripling, tripling. <laughs> tripling yes.
0: I I mean, I, I know why that is because we've spoken about it, but you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to ask you why, so that we can let our audience know your thought process. So why is it that you feel you want to do bigger deals?
1: So I, yeah, I, I was just thinking and just going through um, achievements over the last few years and then whilst it's been great and it's amazing uh, one of the things that I know um, from experience, and also from reading um, reading books and listening to mentors, is actually the amount of time that you spend, or the effort that you spend on a small deal, is the same kind of effort you spend on a big deal. Um, it's just a, it's literally just the mindset thing, and it's almost the same thing as when you're looking at numbers, right? Like someone's talking in thousands, someone is talking in millions. It's the same. They're literally talking about the same thing. It's just that extra zero at the end. So I figured that I've done a lot of, I've done some big deals in the past. I did a lot of smaller deals, although I did a lot of those um, last year. And then I figured, look, it's time to move up. It's time to challenge myself a little bit more. Um, It's time to put in that same effort into bigger deals and hence get bigger results. Um, I realized as well that there's a lot of money around there's a lot of money around us so that the it's you know we tend to think that there's no money but actually there's a lot of money so I just need to double those um double my you know double like just double the numbers um so yeah I am definitely doing the bigger deals this year excellent, so help excellent. me God
0: yeah, that's it. And I guess that also comes with a bit of experience, right? It's not like you've just suddenly woken up and said, "Yep, yeah, this is going to be my first deal. I'm going to be spending half a million or a million on a deal." Yeah. You've 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 taken time. You've grown your portfolio, you've grown your connections you've grown your um partners and now you're in a place where okay this makes sense we can go to the next level so um just so that somebody doesn't wake up and feel oh well bim bim, bim said you know it's just a mind thing <laughs> it is a mind <laughs> thing but it's also good to get that experience in a yeah. bag and uh yeah so you well do. done well done
1: Absolutely. thank you
0: excellent so what we talking about today
1: well, I think today we need to talk about the value of time. Okay. Uh, we need to talk, yeah, let's go deep into the value of our time. Okay. Because again, this is something that so I've had a number of conversations, uh, a couple of conversations towards the um, end of last year, t- the tail end of last year. And it was literally about how much of our time we spend doing what, um, some of the notion that we can save money, by doing it ourselves, um, a, I had a conversation with a friend, with my sister, about the, you know, the stress of having to, uh, say, for example, in the building trade, the stress of having to not give the whole contract to your building team, and having to maybe source materials for, any, for example. Um, and the amount of time that it takes the stress and it's just like it's just not even worth it it's not even worth the amount that you're looking to save so I felt like today we could talk about the value of time because this is something that a lot of us struggle with, um, if you're a perfectionist if you're somebody that is quite hands on if you're someone that um, likes to save money or wants to save money, the the misconception is that you want to be able you want to do this yourself, if you're a perfectionist you feel like nobody else can do it for you so you want to do it yourself, if you're someone that is looking to save money, you feel like having to pay someone else to do it is a waste of money so you want to do it yourself (laughs) if you are someone that has that needs to have control you find it difficult to let go and then you want to do it yourself but what tends to happen is whilst you're busy wanting to do so many things yourself you're not necessarily thinking about the time um, element that you know the time that you're putting and you know time is money as they say there is a big value to time so I think we could we could dig and delve deeper into this topic and just share some practical examples what's worked for us what we've seen um and, and let's let's weigh in on the topic
0: yeah no I definitely agree so prior to prior to my property journey I um, ran a photography business for a number of years uh, because you know I enjoyed photography it was a creative outlet and one of the things that I, I learned from that journey was how 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 important it, it is to delegate, outsource and build a team around you. So when I was running my photography um company, I was the the main photographer, I was the marketer, I was the salesperson, I was customer service, I was um what else? Uh, I was the editor.
1: Editor? Did you edit? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was the
0: editor. <laughs> so basically, I, you know, it's a common theme within photography. Uh, and there was a guy who actually even created a company called Seven Hats because we wear, as photographers, we tend to wear multiple hats. And, you know, over time, you know, with experience, and it was like, wait, all this time I've been editing, doing customer service and so on and so forth, I could be, I could outsource this stuff and be spending time, you know, generating, uh, speaking to more clients, speaking to more customers, converting customers into, into paying clients, but I'm bogged down in the editing. And if you know anything about photography, it takes a number of hours you know you the weather might have finished last week you might still be editing two weeks down the line because of the time it takes in the process and so on and so forth some can do it quicker some it takes longer depending on you know your time availability so that was one of the great lessons that I learned from running that business is you know if if you are running a business and property can be a business in the same in the same fashion you do need to create these sections if if we think of places where we've worked And people don't tend to think about this we think of the places where we've worked we have several departments you have hr you have customer service you have the support team you have the sales team you know and the sales team might be a huge sales team and even within the sales team you have the field sales guys and you have the inside sales guys so those who are sitting on the desk and helping those who are out in the field so if you look at the structure of a typical company You don't have everybody doing everything, but then we get into this mindset of we're trying to save money, not realizing that by trying to save money, we're actually hindering our growth. You're
1: actually actually losing money. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: Because if you're taking time doing all these things, then, okay, you might have to pay someone to do some of these things. But if you're the main person who can drive the business, who can talk to customers, who can convert customers into paying clients then the time you're not spending doing that you're spending in the weeds and doing all the all the other things and you know so so yeah so time is 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 the same you know we all have the same 24 hours in a day and if you're one person in a team you can only utilize the time that you have within those 24 hours but if you have two of you you now have 48 hours. If there's three of you, four of you, five of you, you can now leverage other people's time. And that's one of the great things that, you know, like I said, I've learned from that journey and I've tried to kind of, um, implement as I build my own businesses out again.
1: Yeah, that's great. Love it. So, I mean, let, let's bring it home to property. So let's make it property specific. So as an investor, either as an experienced investor or a first-time investor the process to purchasing a property an investment property it starts with doing the research so you've someone's got to do the research You know, research the area research you know do the numbers and so on and so forth once that's done then you go and find the actual property you go and source the property now that takes hours that takes days that takes going around doing viewings and so on and so forth and then once that is sourced once you find that perfect property you then have to put in an offer and then start the the mortgage proceedings right and once you've got an agreement in principle and you're able to get started you have to then get a lawyer um, then you know depending on the type of property it is you might need more people but the basic is you get a lawyer you get a broker um, and then the, the property is purchased you've you complete if it's something that needs work then you need to get someone to whether it's just a light decorative work such as painting and changing the carpet or if it's a big refurb then you need the the full team in, the builder, the electrician, the plumber, the structural engineer, and so on and so forth. Now, this property is done up, it's ready to be rented out. Now, you then need to market this property, um, show it to, you know, conduct viewings with potential people as guests or as tenants. And then once you're happy with who you want to occupy this property, then you have to do the referencing, um, do all of the admin stuff, and then you get to the point where you can then sign the tenancy agreement and hand over the keys. Now, that's a lot of stuff, right, to do, to go through in the process. And um, sometimes you actually find that people, or it's, it's very easy to think, look, I can do all of these things. You know, I can be the one to source the deals. I can be the one to research the property. I mean, there's certain things that you have to do anyways, but it's very easy to think, oh, I can do that. I can search the property. I don't even need a broker. I can go to the bank and just walk to the first bank or call the first bank or go online and just find a broker online. Oh I could. I suppose no one really wants to do the legals because um, that's one thing that you can't do on your own. okay, let's let's outsource it to to, to a lawyer. And then once the property is purchased, oh, do you know what I can do Be of carpet changing a campaign. you know, so it's very easy for anyone to sit down and think they can do all of these things themselves. No matter how talented you are, no matter how hands on you are. It's easy to think you can do it, but actually it is impossible for one person to do all of these things uh, because at some point or the other, you are going to end up losing time. So you might think or you might physically save cash, i.e. don't have to pay out to this person, don't have to pay out to that person, but overall you would have lost so much money by trying to do all of these things. Um, And I remember a conversation that I the, the specific conversation that I had with, um, that I said I had a few weeks or a few months back where um, one of my friends, who's also an investor, she's looking to do a refurb. And typically she, um, she just get she gets um, a builder and she gets, she doesn't have a team, That does everything she gets different people to do different things which then meant she then has to source the problem source the materials um again because she's trying to save money and um because there was you know there was a lack of money for the actual refurb um but then i think in our discussion she she was quite frustrated by the whole process um because the moment something didn't go well one trade person was happy to blame it on the other trade person the more and then she had to do a lot of driving around to source this um, pr- um, um materials and it was just a lot of stress it just felt like it was a lot of stress but on the flip side if she had given the whole contract to a firm or a construction firm or building firm who most likely would have an electrician, a plumber on board, and they would source the property. Yes, you would have had to pay a lot more money, but but the time saved could then be used to look for other properties. So I think what we're trying to say is the, the process is long. There's a lot to do from start to finish. And there are people that are trained and experienced in each of these stages. And if you really value time, um, then you ought to sit down and think, look, out of this process, which one am I the best at? Which one am I so passionate about? And the ones that you're not, you need to start to look to delegate or outsource this to other people. So if your passion is to actually do the viewings and source the property, then concentrate on on that bit and then outsource everything else to somebody else. Um, If your passion is to actually do the numbers and you're the numbers person, then do that bit and then outsource everything to... To someone else, but I think the notion of thinking that you're saving you know, or you are going to save money by doing it all by yourself is a very dead end mindset. <laughs> yeah, and i we want to bring that to the forefront.
0: Yeah, exactly. And even um, not just sourcing the materials, even put, pulling together a team can be challenging. I remember there was a I wanted to do an assisted sale once, so I'd spoken to the vendor. You know, he was on board. He was like, "Okay, look, let's get some quotes." And you know, once we once we get the quotes, then we can we can we can decide what we want to do. So then I started pulling in the plumber, the plasterer, the electrician. You know, all the all the tradesmen that would need to come in and do the job. And you know, between calling, organizing, viewings between them and the seller. You know, when are you coming? When can you come? Oh, we can't come this day. Oh, we have to change it to. I mean, it's not like the most difficult of jobs in the world, but it takes time. And by the time you have four, five, six, seven people team that you're dealing with, it can get it can get a little bit annoying. So, but the offset of that is you think you're going to save time because you're going to negotiate individually with each tradesman, thereby bringing down the cost. Of the refurb, as opposed to getting a builder who already has the team, so the subcontractors and everything in place, but you pay a little bit more because they charge a fee for project management. It's the same thing, you know. Take away the stress of trying to call, you know, find people who are suitable, uh, making sure that you know. Uh, organizing all the viewings and uh you know making sure they come down getting quotes and things like that and then trying to put it all together whereas if you just call a builder who's got a subcon uh you know who has got a team they come in give you one quote bang you can move on and yeah. they you know and they do the job and of course you you monitor them and so on and so forth but it's a lot e- it's it's a lot easier than uh than it's a lot easier than trying to do everything yourself. So the the value of time is it's, it's critical. And I don't, why, why is it that we, we don't sometimes think in this way, like, you know, for example, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, Z as opposed to paying somebody else to do it. And I guess maybe it's lack of, it's lack of funds, maybe lack of of know-how lack of um understanding that do you know what if you get bogged down in this in this area you're not going to be able to focus on like you said the what you're create uh, what you're most passionate about or what you like doing the best and therefore you know you're not making the most value of your time you know wh- why do you think that is the case where yeah people we don't really think about leveraging other people's time and we we, we want to yeah. do things ourselves
1: I think the fundamental issue is that we don't value our time. So, and, you know, we, we might say that we value our time, but the reality is we don't value, we don't know what the value of our time is. So if I were to ask you a question right this minute, Dami, how much do you charge per hour? What's the value of your hour, of an hour of your day? Can you give me a number right this minute without having to do any form of calculation?
0: Now that would be telling, wouldn't it, them. <laughs>
1: No, but can you? Do you have a value?
0: Um, I think I've done it once, but I can't remember what it is. So no, not off the top of my head.
1: Okay. Well, even the fact that you can't even remember what it is, means that.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: If I were to pay you for your hour right now, you wouldn't even have a figure to give me. No, but that's the truth. I have
0: a figure. Don't worry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So but I think, honestly, I think the truth of the matter is we don't... um, we don't put that much value on our time because yeah. naturally we're not charging by the hour. Like if I was walking around knowing that my hour cost me a hundred pounds and in a 24 hour period, I'm worth 2,400 pounds, then I will be very careful what I do with each hour, each second of that over right. the time. Like if someone were to pay me, so because we don't necessarily go around with that in our heads, we don't put that much value. So we go back to it, it's actually not because of the lack of funds. Yes, lack of funds is, it, it, again, it's one of those things. That it's, it's, you know, If we're looking at property generally, lack of funds is always the number. Oh, I don't have the money to purchase this property. I don't have the money to get into the deal. But we know that that's not really the, the biggest issue when you're investing. And I think the same also applies to this, to, um, uh, this talk about valuing our time. We think we're trying to save money, right? But if we, if only we knew the value of our time, we would know that we're actually not saving any money. So something very funny happened. I think I shared share this with Bammy. I'm going to share it to you guys. Um, where my husband, so we run a, one of the things I do. I run an estate business. So one of our estate properties, the the um, the wardrobe was um, a bit. It wasn't a fitted wardrobe. It was one of the stand standalone wardrobe. And apparently, we noticed that the cleaner mentioned that the wardrobe was a bit wobbly. Um, So I think one of the shelves came down. So basically, yeah, they needed to be repaired or replaced. So we felt that, look, I don't have time to, um, I I don't know who to call to repair this. I I would rather just get rid of it and replace it. So we then went, so I I just went on, um, um, I was going to just get a a semi-used one, not a brand new one. So I went on Facebook Marketplace, found a really good one, um, all done up. And I thought, look, I'll just go pick it up drop it at this property, problem solved. Now, unfortunately for me, got to the to the seller and she had dismantled the whole thing and I was like, oh no. <laughs> I didn't want it dismantled. So I thought, okay, it's not a big deal. I can put this together. You know, I've got my husband here. We can, you know, between the two of us, we can put together a wardrobe. So we got it to the property. We spent, I think in my head, I thought we would be able to get this done within half an hour with the two of us. You know, know, like it's meant to be quite easy, right? Just plug things here, plug that here. Anyway, three hours later, or no, two, I think about two and a half hours later, we were still at this thing. And I'm like, what? You know, yeah, and the, 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 the value of time spent between the two of us was about five hours. Now, doing DIY is not my strongest point. Doing DIY is not my husband's strongest point. But in that, at that point in time, we weren't thinking about the value of our time, but we're just thinking, look, we're just going to get this, put it there. Shouldn't take long. How hard can it be? Let's just get it done. Problem solved. Five hours later, between the two of us, we we managed to put it up, but it wasn't strong. It wasn't, you know, you could tell that it was done by amateurs.
0: You did and- well to do it in five hours. You did wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a disaster. I was telling you because the whole thing kept crashing. That weeks later, but if only we had assessed how long it would have taken us from the get go. If I knew that this would have taken me five hours, and it still wouldn't be done properly and if even if my charge my hourly charge even if i was charging an, an uh, if i p- uh, put a uh, hundred pounds to my hourly charge or let's just say 10 pounds you know forget about 100 but let's just a 10 pounds you know let's say i decide that i'm worth 10 pounds and it's taking me two and a half hours of my time plus the time it took me to go get the stuff plus the time it took me to you know afterwards plus my husband's time and let's say all in all no matter how cheap we were, we were worth a hundred pounds or we've invested a hundred pounds of our time. The truth of the matter is I probably wouldn't have paid um, a handyman hundred pounds to put that stuff together because he would have come, done it within half an hour to an hour, probably charged me, assuming his hourly rate too was 10 pounds or 20 pounds. He would have charged me 20 pounds to put this up and I've spent a hundred pounds worth of time. You know, So this is me thinking even, even if I don't value my time that much. And I think I'm only worth 10 pounds an hour. That was still a hundred pounds or 50 pounds worth of time invested in this stuff that still wasn't done properly. Whereas I could have just paid someone 20 pounds or half that amount and they would have done a great job. So I think it's because we don't actually put any value to our time. So by thinking that we're going to save money, um, we're actually not saving money. Like it's when you think about it in terms of valuing your time. And I think a lot of rich people do that. They're yeah. able to think about their hourly rates, their minute by minute rate. You know, they know not to spend time doing anything that would not that can be done cheaper, you know? Um, so I think that's what it is. It's just not being able to value our time. And it's not to say that people shouldn't do anything for themselves. But I think that what we're trying to say is there are certain things that you can do and you're probably the only person that can do it. And if it's something that you are the only one that can, that's where your time needs to be. So everything else that can be delegated um, should be delegated to the right people with the right skill set um, who would give you the good or the right value. And I think that's that's literally what it is. It's, it's, it's yeah, time and- too precious. And that
0: segues nicely into um, some information or kind of okay, so we've we have we, talked about valuing our time, we've talked about building a team and put you know possibly whatever we're doing, leveraging other people's time. Here's here's a couple of things that I think our listeners can can do. So the first thing is you really need to understand, you know, like, okay, what is your time worth? Like you said, and one of the ways you can do that is a simple way you can do that is to look at, okay, most of us get paid monthly. Um, you know, if you're working, unless you're a and you have a daily rate, but in whichever case you're still at the end of the month, you still have a figure that you take home. Right. So if you, if you want to understand, okay, what's, what's, what is my hourly rate? okay let's say for example i earn 1000 pounds a month and i'm and i'm working 55 hours a week you take that 1000 pounds a month and you divide it by your 55 hours and that will give you your hourly rate. So
1: slavery, man. In in this (laughs) instance, if I'm
0: earning a grand a month and I'm working 55 hours, my hourly rate is £18.18 per hour. So one of the things you can do is, okay, if I've got a task like you were just saying there about building your wardrobe and I know that I can get somebody to do that for £10 an hour, right? Then it makes sense to let somebody who's a £10 per hour rate do that and I do a task that's worth eighteen pounds, eighteen per hour. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. So, and in in one of one of the guys that I uh, that I know and listen to and talk to, he was like, you know, there will be a time where he's doing the garden and stuff like that. Then he'll get a call from his business partner, and his business partner will be like, "Oh, you know, what are you doing?" And there's like, "I'm just in the garden," and da. da, da. And then he was like. Uh, His 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 partner would then say, "Oh, when did I start working with a ten pounds per hour guy? You know,
1: (laughs) it's just like
0: when when did I start working with a just outsource it and get someone else to do that." Um, Explicit, explicit, (laughs) explicit.
1: (laughs) I love the analogy. You know what? I've used that. I use that with my husband because every when it comes to car wash, I'm the girl that wants to drop the car at the car wash. He's the guy that wants to wash it with his kids, Mm. to bond and you know. And whilst I appreciate and I love the idea of doing it yourself, doing it with your kids and so on and so forth, I say to him, "Look, it's going to cost me twenty pounds to get this car washed, and you want to spend your time doing this when you can pay someone twenty pounds? Do you know what you could be? Did you know if you had sat down by your computer in that time that you're washing the car, do you know how many business ideas you could be working on?" (laughs) I always, I'm definitely that girl that wants everything outsourced and get someone else to pay for it. It was was like, get someone else to do it. And I just pay for it. Um, Exactly. exactly.
0: So, (laughs) so work out your hourly rate and then you can decide, okay, this is where you're at and focus on the things that bring the most value. Now, how do you work out? The other thing you can do is, okay, we all have in our days, we all have to-do lists and we all have Things that are urgent, urgent but not important, and so on and so forth. So, what you really also want to do is, out of all the ta- out of all the all the tasks that you've got to do, out of all the uh, all the things that are pressing, which ones are actually income generating, right? Which of these tasks will actually bring income to your pocket? So, once you've figured that out and you've okay. Um, task one, task two, task three. And these are my, if I do this, this will allow me to, you know, close a sale or attract a new customer or speak to a customer. Um, once you've done that, then you can easily know, okay, this is where I need to focus my time. And as you said previously, the rest of it. So, you know, when you mentioned it, you talked about doing, doing what's, what's uh, what comes naturally to you, what you're passionate about. Alongside that, what of those, which of those tasks will actually bring you money? So once you've identified the income generating tasks, then you can place that at the top and you've got, you've got somewhat a priority list. So that again helps you not only have you worked out the value of your time, not only have you prioritized what you're doing, but at the top of your priority list, other tasks that are going to generate you some form of income and then you're getting you're getting the best value of your time it's not always you know possible that everything you do will be the highest income generating task. but at least if every day you pick the high, you pick the highest ticket and at some point and you mix it up if you're doing consistently something that will bring income into your pocket then you know over time over time that's going to compound and compound and compound. So, again, you know, hopefully, that's allowed our listeners to understand. These are some of the things. These are some of the hacks that you can do not only to understand the value of your time, but how can you also prioritize what needs to be done in order to make the most use of of your time.
1: That's okay. And the thing about time is, you know, we hear the word "time is money." Time is money. Time is money. And I it takes a certain type of mindset to really understand when someone says time is money, because actually that is the truth. That is the truth. Time is money. You don't have, um, you don't, in fact, there's a quote that I, that I I saw online. I just want to read that out right now. Uh, It talks about time, the value of time. And basically it says that your time is, they say time is not refundable. So you've got to use it with intention. That is so key. You know, time, you just never can get your time back. It's not, it's non-refundable. So you've got to be intentional about how you use it, what you use it for, um, and so on and so forth. So I think we can, we just want to leave our our listeners with that, that thought. Time is not refundable. Time is money and it's not refundable. So you've got to be intentional. About how you split your time and every single person has something that they're really good at. Like they're so good at. So once you've identified what that is, um, even in the property journey that I, I, I um, described earlier, once you find out where you're the best suited, focus your time in that space and then delegate, outsource the others to other people. Um, so that you can continue to be in that space. And that's really where the money comes in. If you're someone that loves sourcing, you could not, you you can literally get away from, you can go from sourcing for your own property to sourcing other people's property. And that's where you get money from. If you're someone that loves the whole project management of your refurb, you go from doing it for yourself to then doing it for other people, thereby creating, um, creating an income for yourself if you're someone that loves doing the numbers you're so good at doing the numbers you look at different scenarios you go from doing it for yourself you begin to build processes and systems in place that can be automated you know there are lots of the, the one thing I love about property is there's so many spreadsheets that always fly around and they're the really useful ones and somebody has taken time to sit down and build this thing so if you're someone that loves spreadsheets and numbers you can actually make a good business out of it you know if you're someone that um and loves the sourcing of finance you know you love knowing all the deals out there you're very great at this. you're very financially orientated you can actually go from doing it for yourself to maybe even you know spending time learning how to become or learning what it takes to become a broker of a, a mortgage broker a financial advisor because that's where you're that's one of your strongest points so the the, the what I'm trying to say is identify, just like, in addition to what Dami said, the, the practical steps, once you've identified the areas that you're good at, take, let that be your focus. And that's really how time becomes money. And then you let go of all the other bits and give it to other people.
0: Just to finish off for our listeners, time, not money, is our most precious commodity. If money goes, we can get money back. If our health goes, God willing, we can get our health back. If time goes, it's gone forever. And with that, we want to say thank you once again for joining us on this journey. And we hope it's been of value. If you enjoyed the episode, please do share it with one person or many people and, you know, reach out to us. Let us know what you think, what you thought. If you have any contrary opinions, let us know and we'll discuss. Bim, as always, it's been a pleasure
1: it's been a pleasure until (laughs) Until next next time ciao bye guys